I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to this week's episode of Movie in a Pod. I am Clyde Smith. And I am Javier Villalobos. On this week's episode, we are discussing the trailers for Uncharted and Amulets, plus our movie of the week, Z for Zachariah. Alright, JV, another week, brother. How's life treating you? Yes, sir. Oh, man, fantastic. Fantastic. What about you, man? It's good, man. It's good. Monday is... uh dragged a little bit during the work day but glad that we are back doing what we really love and yep you know t- talking bullshit in a mic for about an hour and a half so you know <laughs> <laughs> yes sir agreed ladies and gentlemen boys and girls we went to go see dune yesterday mm-hmm. uh mr via lobos and, and myself if you have not seen dune yet uh it's definitely a Visual stunning movie, like Dini, and I cannot pronounce this guy's last name. Villeneuve, Villeneuve. I don't, I don't know, but like he's he's on top of his game, man. <laughs> he's on top of his game, bro. Like that was a beautiful movie, yeah. But a slow burn. What What'd you think, oh. man? Yeah, I was gonna say that too. Like the the landscapes that they produced and all that was gorgeous awesome even though it was desert it was awesome it was very very stretched out i guess yeah and you know i did find myself dozing once or twice they hit you with a lot of action and then it just kind of stops right there the beginning of the movie everything is just action all this stuff and then we get to the the story after yeah. that and into the journey but yeah once once all that's over it's they say it's a slow burn it peaks and then it just kind of cruises to the end of the movie for me anyways but there was some pretty dope fight scenes some really dope fight scenes man is what i really enjoyed um i think my favorite thing from this movie is it's like and i don't know did you ever watch game of thrones i have some probably not enough to understand 
Okay. Well, it's like Game of Thrones, but like it's like an intergalactic Game of Thrones. Yeah. There's different houses and they're pitted against each other and there's drama for your mama and there's mm. this emperor who kind of runs everything. It's really like an intergalactic Game of Thrones. And Dune is like the book, the story is one of the oldest, most well-renowned um, sci-fi novels ever. Man, I'm just kind of mad that they said this is Dune Part 1. <laughs> You know, like, super stoked for this movie. There was nowhere in any parts of this movie, uh, the marketing for it, said this is Dune Part 1. But as soon as we sat down, it said Dune. And then Part 1 popped up. And I was like, wait, I have to come back? Like, <laughs> I gotta yeah, do more? It, it really just drops off. Like, it's just, it's going, it's all it pushing through this story, and then it just stops. Yeah. Yeah, man. Timothy Chalamet, mm -hmm. dude who plays Paul. Uh, this is my first time seeing this guy on screen. <laughs> and I can see why people are talking about him as a great actor, man. He kind of holds yeah. his own amongst these great actors, man. You got Oscar Isaac, Javier Bardem, Stellan Skarsgård, Rebecca Ferguson, Zendaya. You know, uh, all these great. Uh, Brolin? Brolin's in there. Bro, you got Thanos in this movie, yeah. bro. You know, you got Thanos in Aquaman yeah. in this movie. Jason Momoa, That's right. um, you know, and, and and he definitely holds his own. Yeah, uh, I got to I got to give it up for this kid. You know, I want to see him in more stuff now. He's mm. piqued my interest. Reminds me a lot of like a Tom Holland when you're like, wait, who is this kid? This kid's a little skinny. Doesn't seem like they can act, but like. Oh my god! I want to see Tom Holland and everything now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, we're gonna this kid get to. can do no wrong, man. <laughs> I think that leads us to Nathan Drake, Uncharted. Tom Holland is Nathan Drake alongside Mark Wahlberg as Sully. This trailer dropped, man. What were your thoughts? Looks like a lot of fun action. Of uh, Tom Holland, man, I'm excited to see him. Like you said, in everything. And he just keeps dropping this content with bigger and bigger actors and just bigger, big roles, right? Mm -hmm. his, his movies haven't been like real, real sideline movies since we've seen him really in the MCU. He's just been hitting lead roles, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he also is a guy that, that holds his own uh, right next to these guys, right? Right next to the RDJs, uh, Marky Mark. What was the animated? He did the animated movie with Will Smith when Will Smith was the pigeon. I don't remember what oh, that movie yeah. was called. <laughs> the, the spy movie. Yeah, that was yeah. that was that was cute. Yeah, but he definitely held his own. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He 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 can really hold his own against these guys, which shows you know he's been you know that he's been doing this for so long. Even though he's he is young, he has been acting for a long time. But yeah, this one. I mean, his chemistry with Marky Mark and this trailer seems pretty awesome so you know I, like we always do we'll drop the trailer via imdb on our socials but this looks like real good fun man like this looks like a, a, a joy ride right like so like the the hunter treasurer let's go find a city of lost gold or or whatever it's been done true and true so many times yeah but if you've never played the Nathan Drake Uncharted games, um, 
you know, this this seems just like another chapter out of those books, out of those movies, right? Um, out of those video games. Just it seems like another chapter out of all that, man. Action, adventure, like Nathan getting beat up. <laughs> um, you know, Nathan and Sully going back and forth. Mm-hmm. This is like a fun ride, man. And I'm really excited for this. Like, this is the best part of that trailer is when he has to, when he falls out of the plane, but then has to like traverse up the cargo. Yeah. That's straight out of the <laughs> video game, man. I was Nathan Drake doing that, right. bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's Uncharted Three right there, man. Drake's Deception, so much fun. Yeah, Gosh, something man. about Tom Holland too, man. He he really uh, knows how to make that look good, right? Yeah, he's yeah trained gymnast. He's all these all these things, and he can make that stuff look good. And he he does a lot of it, which is pretty awesome as well. You know, going from Spider-Man, Peter Parker, you know, climbing around, jumping, swinging, ledge to ledge, all that fun stuff. No webs here. To basically doing the same exact thing as Nathan Drake, right? (laughs) Nathan Drake does the same exact stuff. He just doesn't have web shooters, right? Yeah, he doesn't have that iron spider suit. (laughs) He doesn't have the iron. So if he falls to his death, he falls to his death, right? Yeah, no parachute. No, we'll definitely uh, link this to our socials. But this is a fun trailer. Also has the man in it, right? Zorro himself, Antonio Bandaras, right? Like, <laughs> oh man, favorite for the long. Definitely time. looks like a fun ride. All right, man. So we got a new one uh, from the incredible critics hate him, but moviegoers <laughs> like ourselves love him. Bay him, Michael mm-hmm. Bay, Ambulance. Talk to me about this, man. That was funny when we saw it at theater. I was like, "This is a Michael Bay movie," because <laughs> it was that shot, right? The the slow explosion shot. So that was in yep. one of the scenes. And I was like, that's Mike, that's Michael Bay right there. That's, that's oh, him yeah. all day. Oh, this <laughs> one looks like it's going to be a very interesting heist concept. We got a, a brother who's just trying to get some, some money to, to save his wife. And he asks his adopted brother for some help. So right away, it's not a typical, you know, where we've been planning this for a long time. We've been doing all this mess. It's yeah. all of a sudden this guy's just involved, right? This isn't what he does. And they show us a lot in the trailer. Like the whole the whole plot of the movie is laid out right there. There's no questions asked about <laughs> oh, yeah. about what's happening and what, what the concept of the movie is. So they end up driving this ambulance and with, with the cop that they shot in the back of it. So how long can they go in this ambulance and how long of this movie are they going to be in this ambulance is my question. <laughs> I'm curious about. You know, when you, the title of your movie is Ambulance. Yes. You would think at least half to three fourths <laughs> of the movie has to take place in, in or around this thing. Right. Right. And so um, much collateral damage is going to be going on. Just... <laughs> <laughs> We don't call it collateral damage. We call it bay him, okay? Bay him. That's what he does. That's what he's fantastic at. The streets of L.A. will be on fire at the end of this movie. <laughs> like, you know how he here. basically d- destroyed Chicago and uh, the third Transformers movie? It's going to happen to L.A. All from a damn ambulance, dude. Exactly. So. <laughs> No, but you got two brothers here, not blood brothers. One's white, one's black, and they are down for each other, and they'll do anything for each other, and they do this heist. Yeah. 
to help one another out. It looks like Jake Gyllenhaal's character is already like in some sketchy stuff. Yeah, he's um, already some kind of uh, bank robber or thief of some sort is what I got out of it. Yeah, so he looks like he's already in some sketch stuff. So <laughs> Yaya Mantine, though, he looks like a good family man who's just on some hard times with his wife and needing some like hospital money or whatever. So that's how he kind of gets roped into it. But you're right. We saw so much in this trailer where they're arm to arm. And by the end of the trailer, they're punching the shit out of each other. Right. So like there's, there's, (laughs) we get thrown so much at, in such a little trailer that we're just in for a crazy, interesting ride Mm -hmm. uh, this entire time, man. You know, there's a paramedic EMT in, in there with them the gorgeous uh eliza gonzalez she looks like a badass just trying to save this cop's life oh yeah we'll see man we'll see it's it's michael bay so <laughs> you're not gonna get some like thought-provoking movie but you're in for a wild ride definitely pretty excited about that we'll link that one to our socials as, as well All right, man, let's go ahead and uh, jump into this week's movie. You ready? Yes, sir. All right, all right. Uh, We got Z for Zachariah dropped in theaters in uh, the year 2015. Uh, Some other flicks that dropped that year was Burnt, The Invitation, Knock Knock, Focus. That was a good one. Hmm. The Hateful Eight, The Revenant, Spectre. The Man from Uncle, such an underrated movie there. <laughs> and the dual role film from Tom Hardy, Legend. If you've never seen Legend, please check that out. It's a fantastic flick. Uh, this movie, Z for Zachariah, is directed by Craig Zobel, written by Nisar Modi. I had some trouble tracking down some information about this one. It was kind of scattered, but. From my understanding here, the budget for this movie was an estimated seven point five million. And the box office brought in three hundred eighty-two thousand. Yeah. Um, the box I office number why. was easy to find. It was the budget that I, I had to search around for a little bit. Okay. Uh, Went on a wild goose chase. I like it. Yeah, that's all right. We had to got to get the information in there. <laughs> Starting this movie we have margaret roby as ann burden chuitel ihofor as john lomas and chris pine as caleb that's that's it that's all we got for this one. <laughs> yeah man such a large cast there Woo! go ahead give us a quick synopsis about this movie man uh this is basically going to be a one-liner pod. <laughs> i'm ready for it it's the story of an apocalyptic love triangle yeah okay let's dive in Let's get it. So this movie, talk about a slow burn. <laughs> uh, for an hour and what forty five minutes, right? We have it was it was it was really long. Oh god! <laughs> so we have a nuclear holocaust that kind of happens. It looks like across the world, maybe the United States. It's not really known. It's really mm-hmm. not. But the story opens up yeah. with a young woman. And her dog, Survivor, you know, appears to be kind of maybe the West Virginia area throughout the conversation, maybe, that, that she has with the other characters. Uh, she's soon yeah. joined by John Loomis. I guess he's a... I don't really know what he is. He was like a uh, scientist or engineer or something. 
she actually has to nurse him back to health because his dumb ass jumps into water and becomes sick. <laughs> and once she nurses him back to health, they uh they become close. Yeah. Then, you know, they are trying to just basically make it through this post-nuclear war or world or whatever. And life becomes difficult between the two uh, when a young man named Caleb comes aboard. Yeah, that's this movie, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's, I guess we can just stop there. Let's, uh, let's just wrap it up for the for the day, right? Uh Welcome. Thanks for, yeah. for joining us, guys. No. So I guess there's like, you said, nuclear holocaust. So there's other than this little farm area, which they don't really explain why this little area, other than maybe some weather patterns or a valley keeps the like poison that's in the air from going into this little farm town. Look, that... man, I'm not a scientist. I don't know. It didn't make any sense when the man <laughs> tried to explain it on the damn camera, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's it. Let's, that's that's the whole the whole plot of the movie. I mean, let's jump into the, let's jump into say. these characters, man. Maybe we might have more to say about that. We got <laughs> we got Margot Robbie as as Anne, and she's the sole survivor on her family's ranch. Her and her dog, and she basically spends looks like she spends her days hunting and gathering, trying to just survive. But she lives mm-hmm. in the house with no power. You know, she's alone with her her dog. You know, her family is devout Christians, and they've all died because of the Holocaust. She's the sole survivor there, but so she has a faith is really uh, deep into her veins, and it she you see it throughout the entire movie. Yeah, apparently she's having a rough time getting prepared for winter. So she's basically this past winter that went by, she almost died. You know, all of a sudden, there's this guy there, right? Like, she's been been there alone for like a year since her yeah. family left. And she's been trying to survive. She's been on her own with her dog, doing their daily routine, hunting to gather in. And then there's just some dude. In comes uh, this scientist, Chitwell Ejiofor, as John Loomis. Or Looms. Loomis? Looms? I don't, I don't know. This guy, he comes on the scene and... He is trying to get out of the where the air is is nuclear and toxic. And when he finally does, this guy decides to take a dip into some water that's actually contaminated yeah. by the nuclear stuff and becomes sick and starts throwing up and almost dies. Like three minutes into meeting this guy. Yeah. You know, which tells a lot. Like he's super excited that he's finally out of that. But, you know, he's also... Mm-hmm kind of loose and and dangerous with everything, I guess. Yeah, I guess he figured if he was uh, not in the contaminated air, then everything was fine. Not true. Not at all. (laughs) Um, For some reason, this this particular water supply is is contaminated. Just this one. Just this one. Not the other one that they jump in later, (laughs) but just this one. Um, (laughs) But... He's a man of science. He is not a man of faith. So mm-hmm. him and, and, and John and Anne kind of battle back and forth about that, you know, just their beliefs and everything. Mm-hmm. And you can see that's kind of keeps them at bay in their relationship. 
Um, but after he, she nurses him back to health and everything, they do start to become close. Uh, they eventually share a kiss and she even wants them to, she wants to, um, uh, sleep with him is the PG 13 way of saying it. Yeah. When she was drunk though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, true. He declines because it's too (laughs) soon. It's going to, he knows it's going to change the dynamic between the two. Well, doesn't he get really, really trashed before that though? Oh yeah. Like he gets like super trashed and like throws her around a little bit. Yeah. And gets super weird. It's, it's (laughs) a super weird weird movie, man. And I'll, Yeah. yeah, it's just a super weird movie. The, the third part of this is blue eyed Chris Pine comes aboard as Caleb. He's the yep. third survivor here. He kind of throws a monkey wrench into their way of life that they've been having. Once again, we don't know exactly how long time frame wise, but I guess some time has passed and then Caleb is just kind of shows up and, and invites Caleb to stay with them. It was super weird though. It was super weird though. Let's let, let's, let me back up for a second. So like, and like... go, go ahead. <laughs> was it not weird how she was like, John, do you like, you're not going to invite him in the house. And it's like, this is your house. Like, I don't live here. Like, what the fuck? I'm just, I'm just here. That's kind of where a time frame would be helpful. You know, how long have they been together? You know, yeah. I guess they finally, they kind of have developed some kind of respect for each other. And John's now seems like he's kind of the, the head of the household. He just doesn't trust this guy. And I think it's mainly because he's worried about Anne. I think he he is not really intimidated at first when he's well, I mean, like out, when they're like outside. A protection, a protection standpoint, not necessarily uh Well, I'm talking like jealousy. Every, I'm talking like everything, right? Everything across the board. He's not that intimidated. He wants to just camp out in the front yard. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you were stuff. talking about John being intimidated by him. I'm sorry. Misunderstood. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. So John wants to definitely protect Anne, but I don't think John is really digging him and scared. Nobody's really scared of Caleb at first, right? He looks like a, a hobo with all that just soot. A little, sh- and, little shady. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It just kind of yeah. comes upon the scene. But once this dude gets gets cleaned up and gets some moose in his hair, oh, it's it's over, bro. Like, I, I almost fell in love with this guy. Why why didn't he get the scrub down? I didn't see him get the scrub down. Like, John had to go through. <laughs> John didn't get a scrub down. <laughs> John John got looked like he got the, uh, the wire brush to him. What it looked like. <laughs> John got that good old country bath, yo. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Kavi, uh, something that we never talk about are the amazing vehicles in these movies, man, that we watch. I mean, let's talk about our top phase, bro, for a second. Yeah, man. That Ashton Martin DB5 from James Bond, acclaimed, just mm. fantastic. That 89 Batmobile. Tim Burton's Batmobile, Michael Keaton's Batmobile, just yes. badass, iconic. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not a muscle car type of guy, but Eleanor, that 67 Mustang yeah. Shelby GT500 from Gone in 60 Seconds. Whew. Got me there. Oh, that's a perfect car, man. <laughs> you know, and 
probably super iconic more than any of those other ones is that DeLorean time machine from Back to the Future. Yeah. Like that was a character itself and just fantastic, brother. Just classic dope vehicles that helped out our protagonists get through their, their movie. Man, what are some of your favorites? Of course, the DeLorean. One hundred percent agree with that one. Oh, fantastic! Mine are a lot of muscle cars, man. Uh, Nineteen seventy-seven Pontiac Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit. Fire. Dom's nineteen seventy Charger from the first Fast and the Furious. Interesting fact, I have a photo next to one of those cars that I took at Universal Studios when I was younger. Ooh, ooh, nice. nice. Uh, 1958 Plymouth Fury from Christine. And that Ferrari 250 GT from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Dude, that one from Ferris Bueller's, man, is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite? Well, it's going to definitely have to be Dom's Charger overall. Uh, Just American muscle. No matter where you go, these things make a statement. Yeah. What about you? Which one would you choose? It's that DB5, man. It's the ultimate spy car. Like, I love James Bond. I always wanted to be a spy. Uh, you know, this car has pop-out gun barrels behind the front headlights, revolving license plate, a champagne cooler in the armrest, smoke screen, oil slick. This car just screams badassery, man. Like, I wouldn't use any of those things, but super cool. Let me ask you a question, though. Do you have to have a license to kill to drive it? You know what? You probably should. <laughs> <laughs> All right, team. So we want to hear about your favorite movie vehicles. You know the socials. Movie in a Pod on Facebook and that Movie in a Pod on Twitter and Instagram. No, but Caleb comes in with like a different di- dynamic, right? He is, yeah. um, quote unquote, you know, a man of faith um, and kind of uses that. I don't know if it's intentionally. It sometimes seems intentionally. Sometimes it, it's genuine where, you know, that kind of drives a wedge between Anne and, and John when he starts talking about how how more similar that he is than John is with her, man. That was... I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that was just a really good point of this movie. That was interesting. That was some good character development where you don't know which side of the aisle Caleb was. At first, it seems real shady, but as it goes through the story, it's just kind of like he's just a dude, right? A guy who's made it through some some BS and ended up in this place, and he's just trying to get along and survive. I guess what I'm always trying to look for when I watch movies like this, which are really just character driven Mm -hmm. is intentions. And if you strip everything away, you're, you're the third survivor. You're one of three survivors that you know about in this nuclear Holocaust that, that happened. You're just happy to be alive, man. You don't, (laughs) are you, are are you really going to like start some shit and start some beef with, the other people and drive a wedge and stuff like that. Or you're just happy that you have food in your belly someplace soft to, to like lay your head. Right. So, but you didn't know with Caleb, that was the interesting vibe about him. Yeah. Like you said, there's some scenes where it seemed like he was just 
there to, to survive and there was somewhere he seems a little manipulative but you're also two guys with you know possibly last woman on earth it's gonna get a little weird yeah and this is where I, th- I didn't know if he was being genuine or he was driving a wedge like Han- uh, Caleb and Anna and I call her Anna and go for the walk and she's talking about you know how they're both people of faith and he's mm-hmm. not and that's why they need to be closer and you know whatever the conversation was and when they came back John took her to the side and was like yeah I see how, how you guys are together she's like what are yeah. you talking about but he was like, yeah, you know, you're white. He's white. Y'all just stick together. Get it. And she was like, what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> yeah, like, like he actually says, what, like, white people need to be together or something like that. He's like, that whites means- need to be with whites. And I'm like, yeah. wow, bro. Like, okay. I felt like that came out of nowhere because, like, this whole movie has been, has had nothing to do with, like, race whatsoever. Exactly. Like she took this duty in, and even though he showed up in a spacesuit, you know, he really, she, did. She really she did. saved him and, and took him in and took care of him and nursed him back to health. He showed up you in know, a spacesuit. Can that be the title for this? He showed up in a spacesuit. <laughs> that is fine. And like all of a sudden, it's just the race thing. Yeah. Okay, dude. Wait, wait to kind of play a guilt card there. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was, right? He felt yeah. that. Obviously, he felt that, you know, Caleb is this good-looking dude once he's cleaned up and everything. You know, he has those blue eyes that are just piercing. I, I he, he felt he felt really intimidated. He felt jealous. I mean, it's, it's every day, right? Chris Pine. He ba- I mean, it's, I mean it's, <laughs> you know, Star Trek, bro. Come on. That's Captain Kirk, baby. <laughs> dude slept with women on every galaxy. Every yep. galaxy, bro. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he kind of like threw in his, his cards and was like, you know what? Anything between you and I, it's over. You and him, yeah. I get it. Ah, he, he 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 could have fought harder. He was one of two guys, so I mean, and I, they already had some chemistry together, and she was down. She seems like she was down, but he didn't expect another dude to show up. <laughs> yeah, and, and this movie kind of takes us to how the three basically interact with each other, and the ultimate goal of this, I guess you know overarching plot is not just how they interact with each other and everything, but they're trying to survive the winter. I bet they definitely are like in West Virginia. Caleb's kept on talking about mines and stuff. So something, probably something like that. Yeah. All all I really got was Eastern. It was supposed to be set like Eastern United States. So yeah. So probably that would make sense up that way. Yeah. Probably West Virginia. Mountaineers. Dub VU. (laughs) If I had to guess, but they're trying to get power up and running to survive for the winter. That's the overarching kind of thing for the movie. It's what mm-hmm. they're trying trying to do there. And they start to create a hydroelectric dam or something of that nature to kind of power the house. Yeah, I don't know if it's so much a dam, but it was like a hydroelectric wheel. Power wheel or something. Yeah, it was wheel yeah. that that powered gave power to the generator and they wired that into the house and everything yeah yeah which was pretty cool it was interesting once again i'm not a scientist so how the hell that stuff works is is beyond me you know i just kind of plug it in and pray to god that the power bill is paid you know so we'll see what happens uh let's jump into these sets real, real, real quick man um it's just country as hell what else can you say it looks like you're smack down in the middle of west virginia i've been at i've been like once 
Yeah. It was snowing. It was so it didn't look like this at all. It did not like this at all. Yeah. So I have no clue where, the, where this is. Um, no, man, I'm guessing it was West Virginia. It was beautiful landscape. It was beautiful countryside. Um, they're on a farm most of the time. Uh, it was it was gorgeous, lush and green. So it's supposed to be Eastern United States, but this one was actually filmed in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, is so, like I said, that's all it says. Like Eastern United States is basically the same kind of terrain with the forest, plains, hills. All that stuff. Could be Salisbury, North Carolina, for all we know. I mean, you know, we got some nice fields out in China Grove. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Children of the corn this Saturday. <laughs> Saturday or Sunday, whenever the hell Halloween is. And no, no fields in Concord, though. There are none. Oh. <laughs> Not at all. Like I said, slow slow burn movie. Um, whenever you're ready, bro, we can jump into this theme, man. I got one cooking for you, so. Oh, I'm I'm ready. Yeah, this was so good that I didn't write it down. This is about if you're the last people on Earth, if you're the last people in your universe, how are you going to interact with each other? That's basically it. I got nothing else from this movie. (laughs) I I, I honestly did not, bro. Yeah, there wasn't much to it as far as that. I mean, it was like a big blanket, big blanket plot. You know, it didn't change through the movie. Like the movie was what it was. People trying to these people trying to survive. That's it. Yeah. As far as the theme, you know, with what you said, that that's about all I could get out of it too. Kind of trash, if you ask me. Kind of trash. All right, guys. So that's our uh, conversation talking about Z for Zachariah. JV. I know this is not going to take too long, man, but uh. Dude. Not at all. What do you what you think about this movie, man? How many buckets of popcorn do you give it? <laughs> I did not really enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. It was very bland for the actors they had in it. True. It was kind of stale, the whole thing. I mean, there was no escalation, really. There was nothing really storytelling that wasn't told in the scene before, I felt like. Uh, so I'm, I'm giving actually giving this one a one out of five buckets. I'm not going to watch wow. this movie ever again. Wow, <laughs> I, didn't, I did not. I, I did not enjoy enjoy this at all. To be honest with you, all right. I wish I could say I did, but they kind of wasted these two actors' time. I felt like, or the three actors' rounds with you. What about you, man? Uh, um, you know, man, like I was actually really. This is my first time seeing this movie for this pod. Yeah, but when this movie was announced in 2015, it was in theaters. I definitely I didn't see it, but I was always excited to watch it. It was like, yo, I'm gonna sit down watch this is gonna be a really good introspective movie about the last three people on the planet and it wasn't good <laughs> expectations were really high for this man you know i you know i love character driven really thought provoking like type of stories yeah this man it just the the characters are bland you're right where they leave these characters the these great actors basically nothing to do Except for just yeah. go through the motions and, you know, there's not even that much tension, really. So it was boring. Boring the entire time. The whole plot mm-hmm. with them trying to construct this hydroelectric thing was boring. Yeah. The love triangle was not really a love triangle because dude bows out like 20 seconds after seeing this guy. <laughs> sees the blue <laughs> eyes and he's like, all right, I'm out. I can't, I can't deal with this. I can't F with this nope. guy. Um, I got nope. nothing, bro. I got my brains. That's it. 
with that being said, man, um, you know, just like that movie Homefront, I am a sucker for like cinematography and like beautiful mm-hmm. landscapes and everything. Oh, and yeah. like the fact that the director and cinematographer were able to c- capture that and it made you feel really, really alone. That was interesting. Um, this gets a bucket and a half popcorn, man. I'm not going to go back to the, the concessions to get a full bucket of popcorn, a second full bucket. But I was just like, you know what? Just just give me like a medium. Matter of fact, give me like right. between a, a small and a medium. You know what I mean? Fill the bucket up there. <laughs> but you're right. I don't I don't think I'll be watching this ever again. Yeah, I mean, and it kind of shows in its stats, right? I mean, you got a $7.5 million film that didn't even break half a mil. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> and for for two, you know, two actors, you know, Chris Pine and Margot Robbie that we all know. Yeah. Um, I'm not too familiar with the other guy, but this was just like a just a just a waste of time for these two get these two people, waste of talent. So I do know all three, and it's a waste okay. of talent of everybody's time. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> Edge of Four, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Margot Robbie, fantastic. Chris well, Pine. Where I mean, would I damn, know him from? Damn Captain Cook. Um, because I don't, I can't connect the face with anything. I'm guessing. Wait, uh, well, he he will be in next week's movie. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll take he a was in, He was in 2012. Infinite, Lockdown, The Old Guard, Maleficent. He played Scar in The Lion King. Hmm. Doctor Strange. Yes, hmm? he's Mordor. Yes, you do. He's Mordor. Baron Mordor. Huh. Yeah. Who kind of walks away and was like, yo, Strange, I know you saved the Earth and me and everything, but why the hell you do that, bro? <laughs> and just kind of takes off. You know what I mean? Oh, I, yeah, I, just, I couldn't connect, connect the face at all. I couldn't connect it at all. Yeah, that's that's Chitwell Edgefor, man. He's fantastic. He's doing it. He was in Salt. Yeah, he's been doing it. I'm literally on his IMDb. Right yeah. now. He was an American yeah, I mean, gangster. It, I'm just saying the name and the, and the face just just haven't ever connected till just now. Inside Man. Yeah, this dude's awesome, bro. Serenity. Okay, I'm done. Four Brothers. He was in Four Brothers. I'm, I'm saying it just didn't it just didn't click. Okay, I, I don't know I'm if done. it was the spacesuit. I don't know. I think I checked out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I checked out when the spacesuit came into frame. <laughs> I, I did too, though. I did I think too. That's, I think that's where I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> like, we're doing the Martian next week. Are we doing the Martian yeah. this week? I'm so confused. I'm so confused <laughs> now. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for subscribing to this week's episode, Talking Through Z for Zachariah. Next week, we'll be discussing The Martian. Next streaming on FX Now. I am Clyde Smith. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as I am Clyde D. Smith. I am Javier Villalobos. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MrJ8200. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.